Welcome to Brightly Radiant Being, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and invests in the radiance we all carry so you can shine your brightest. We're just a couple curious people interested in friendship, ideas, and personal development. This is a show that strives to speak to the curious, to those who long to explore new ways of thinking, reflecting, and being. Through sharing our experiences, friendship, and interests, we hope to impact you to step more brightly into yourself inch by inch. Love it. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Amy. (laughs) Gosh, what do you think of today? Today? Well, I don't know if you noticed um, my voice intonation uh, when I was just reading the announcement, but (laughs) I don't know how to edit the show in case nobody's noticed. (laughs) So we record that live each time. (laughs) But I, I didn't realize until I was reading it, it says through sharing our experiences, friendship and interests. Yeah. And today is all about friendship, which is also consequently an interest of ours too. And an experience that kind of covers <laughs> Maybe it should come out. Maybe we should tighten that. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> I love it that it ties in with what we actually say is the description of every show. Right. And the fact that we're talking about friendship today at the same time that you and I are basically adding to building on to our own friendship. Oh yeah. I was actually thinking about that during the show prep before we talked to yeah. uh, when I was thinking about, you know, what is friendship to me? How would I define it? Who are the friend, you know, who do I consider friends in my life? Things like that. And I was just struck by that thought that, you know, over the course of this, um, you know, we've just gotten closer as friends just through spending time together and pre and post show chats, but then also learning a lot and learning from you during the chats, the talks themselves on yeah. you know, maybe topics um, Agreed. deeper than we would have covered otherwise. Yeah. If we were just meeting every Friday for, you know, like, yeah. let's have a chat or something. Like, how are your kids? How's the husband? How's work? Exactly. Letting people vent, <laughs> talking about stuff we're excited about. You know, what are the, oh, what's that saying? You know, it's around small minds and that's not my point, but like most To people, talk about ideas instead yeah. of other people. Oh, mm-hmm. Or, you know, and like the medium ground is talking about events. Um, right. And, and so I think these longer form chats that you and I get to have has been great at, you know, just expanding our friendship, but, but then we're also working towards something together too, right. right? Like it gives a deeper purpose than just, uh, supporting each other and, mm-hmm. and others life. Um, so yeah, I think everybody for listening to this, for allowing Amy and I, um, at, at least 20 on air hours, uh, we've probably spent, Woo! I mean, we always do an hour and some change. So I think we're maybe at recording 24 hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of our, you know, we had like three months of pre-show prep. Like yeah. I, we have like this quantifiable, tangible record of our friendship that'll we do to listen back in <laughs> on. And that I'm I'm excited that we've invited other people to it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, you know, to me it's not just, you know, friendship can be vague to people, it can mean a lot of things, but for for me with us, I feel like it's been about connection since the start. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yes. I, and connecting on a lot. And you just already kind of went through it, connecting on all kinds of different levels, right? Because 
even though we started as colleagues, we quickly moved into a form of friendship. And then through the show, it's just deepened it. And um, the foundation is, is structurally sound, I think. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I just, oh so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way that we've been. Yeah. It, so the connections, and then I feel like too, uh, even with this show is expanding our connections with other people. Right. Yeah. We've, uh, we've both had uh, friends of ours reach out to give us feedback about it, to mm-hmm. thank us about it, both, you know, humbling as well as flattering comments. It's, it's yeah. but, but then it's also brought in the topics of things I talk about with them or they'll share their experience of the show. And that'll make me think of what we talked about in a, in a way we hadn't approached it yet. Um, and then we can try and bring right. that lens to future shows or even just future chats we have. Yeah. yeah. But I have to say for as much of a struggle as 2020 was for a, on a lot of layers for a lot of levels, um, at least when it comes to the quarantine, um, the, we owe the show and our friendship to it, right? Or a deepening friendship. Exactly. That's a really good, yeah. You know, I think that you have to be able to look at what gifts came out of 2020 and this connection, what we've done, what we're doing is definitely a gift that came out of 2020. Yeah. I don't even remember because we, after I left the office that we both worked in, I mean, we still work for the same employer, so we'll run into each other. Um, But once I left, you know, our our connection really became more about maybe, maybe I'd email you a few things I saw or we'd IM every now and then. Mm -hmm. Um, But it became more about like, if we ran into each other, but then at some point last year, last fall, we decided to start doing zoom calls. and, And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to make that connection because at the time I was feeling really lonely. Yeah. How about you? It's, um, I, I think what 2020 did for me was it made me realize, yes, how lonely I felt. And the fact that I actually had been feeling lonely much longer than 2020. It had, it, even with connections that I had, I still, um, had this, just like low level of loneliness. And I, oh gosh, I'm not going to cry. A low level of loneliness. Yeah. Sort of like how they talk about stress, like that low level stress that you Mm. continuously have. It's like, it's this level of loneliness that's always in there. And so it's not that it's uppermost in my mind, but, and I think because I've always been fine to be alone, I might I right. might not. You can be in a relationship and feel alone. A, yes. a relationship of any kind. You can be in a room full of people and feel lonely. You right. can be alone and feel deeply connected. So right. And so separate. I'm yeah. Right. I'm comfortable being alone, and I enjoy alone time. And so I feel like though because I'm comfortable being alone, that I might not have recognized this other feeling inside of me, and that it was actually loneliness, kind of tied with grief, actually, Mm. now that I'm thinking about it. And, you know, I don't know if it's because when my mom died and I think that at that time as well, um, 
I was really close with my sister. And then it was almost like we sort of drifted apart a little bit and then mom died and then things like that happened. Now, since then, our relationship is just amazing again. But, and I know that we'll talk about this later in the show and I don't want to go on a monologue here, but I had, um, you know, I had lost a friend, not lost, not, they didn't die, but I had lost a friend actually a few years ago. And I think it had just was coming to a head of how much I was still grieving that friendship. So 2020, because there weren't those fun little interactions, you know, that we've talked about before when you're in the office, you realized how alone you were. So isn't it amazing how those those fun little interactions or even the annoying ones, how <laughs> crucial they become to being, you know, these little connection points between, like you said, levels of loneliness mm-hmm. um, that, you know, as much as people might hate small talk or might say they crave deep connections, it's those little things that really help carry you to be able to be in a better place for the deep 100%. Yes, it is those little things that carry you. And and I feel like they they carry you, they can uplift you. And sometimes they're not small talk. Sometimes it's like, I don't know. I just remember like walking by Chip's desk and saying, oh, can I pull a card? You know, and then we'd pull mm-hmm. a card and we'd talk about the card that we got. And, you know, to me, that's not small talk. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. 2020, I think just once again, shone a light on this thing um, that obviously uh, worldwide was a phenomenon, was happening with everyone. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. For me, it illuminated the gaps in my life that I was able to distract myself from because of everything else that you can fill your day to day Oh, yeah. With. So whether it was attending lectures here or there, or, you know, um, having connections with different people, you know, many, you know, more than acquaintance, but not quite deep friends, those people, you know, Mm -hmm. you can fill a month, one a week with interactions like that. Right. And you have busy days at work where you see a lot of people. And as an introvert, like I loved spending Saturdays and Sundays alone, right? Like after, like I, I would pepper my week with events so that Saturday and Sunday I could recoup and recharge. Yeah. Suddenly, you know, I had already known just from like some staycations and other experiences with spring break and school and things like that, that four days is my maximum for not talking to another person. talking to somebody else well and as funny as it sounds though like two days is great I love it three days I'm kind of you know like I'm kind of starting to notice it but then at the end of four days and definitely on day five I'm noticing depression is hitting my anxiety is through the roof I'm not as productive as I usually am and so when it came to the pandemic and the social isolation, most of my communication was via text, via email, even for work, even with video conferencing, my job changed because the people I work with were busy responding to the pandemic. We're public servants, right? So their role changed. And so I was able to stay busy with trainings and, and, and other things we had put on the back burner because we didn't have time before. But then that also meant when the workday was done or even throughout the workday, I'm just sitting in silence 
just talking to my cat, you know, food's being delivered. I'm not running errands. I'm not having those micro connections. Tracy, I'm, I'm going to apologize for actually laughing about the four days. (laughs) No, because it made me realize that I am in a different situation, right? So even though I don't see, yeah, I might, (laughs) but maybe I wouldn't, but, um, because I have a partner, you know, it's, it's every day I get to talk to someone. Um, and so in real life, right. Not just on, not just on zoom, but in real life, I get to talk to someone and you get to, you know, sit around and chat about things or watch TV or whatever. When you have Um, those shared connections, right? So in a relationship, I think it's the Gottmans, forgive me if it's maybe somebody else, but there's this concept called the third thing. So in any relationship you're in, it shouldn't just be about the relationship. You kind of need that shared focal point. It's why a lot of marriages end um, when the kids don't need them as much anymore. So as children start to age and become more independent and they know the kids had become the one thing or the third thing I should say. And so it's about having a hobby together. Some people it's church, some people it's, you know, public service, volunteering, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just a shared interest in, in any number of hobbies or things like that. And, um, and, and so when you're alone all the time, I do something, or even if I get good news there, there, you, you lose that shared consistent connection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in addition to illuminating the gaps for me, it also illuminated what relationships I was already leaning too hard on. Um, I, oh. I joke all the time that, that my closest friend, I, I'm, you know, I, I come before I, I treat her like my husband. <laughs> We're no longer just memes and support, but I, we text every day. And when I yeah. don't, she checks in. <laughs> Um, but is that fair to her, you know, um, for, but that might be something that she actually looks forward to. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, she's right. (laughs) I mean that you could be a lifeline for her. Exactly. But so then that's, that goes into the loneliness piece. So at the onset of the pandemic, Oddly enough, um, Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is the, uh, uh, what is it, the Surgeon General of the United States during the Obama administration, published a book on how loneliness is you know, one of the next epidemics of the world and that he was really uh, concerned wow. that once we saw that the quarantine was going to be more than just the two weeks everybody initially thought it was mm-hmm. uh, on the after effects because it affects addiction, it affects physical health. Um, he said he found that people who struggle with loneliness, that it's associated with an increased risk of heart disease, dementia, depression, anxiety, sleep disturbances, and even premature death. Well, swell. Right? <laughs> right? Like, super exciting as we start an entire year and change alone, sir. But so his book, if you're interested, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It's uh, quite the wait list at my local library, but it's called Together, The Healing Power of Human Connection in a Sometimes Lonely World. But what I connected with the most, and this is even pre-pandemic, but it's that shame and loneliness go hand in hand. And that when you feel lonely, you feel unlovable, you feel unworthy. And instead of your your response being to go and seek out connection, to, to reaffirm, that you actually hide away because it's your body is responding to like a, tr- uh, a threat or a wound. And so you tend to isolate more instead yeah. of reaching out more. And I thought I was alone in that. 
And he actually said in the interview, it was an NPR uh, podcast that I heard it on. I'll, I'll post it in the show notes, but um, I, I thought that was just me. <laughs> like, like I, I don't have a huge history of long lasting connections and friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's that season uh, or that saying a reason, a season or a lifetime. I have very few lifetime connections. And even with those lifetime connections, I'm not their person. Uh, you know, like they have other best friends they have, oh. you know, so, and, and then because of that and my own insecurities, you know, you, and, and like he said, with loneliness, you tend to feel unlovable and unworthy. You, you don't recognize that connection that you might have. So even like you just saying, like, maybe my besties totally okay with what I'm doing and get something from me. Thank you. For it's that. almost, I- yeah, it's almost like it puts a block up and then you can't even see what's around you. And it also reminds me of those things where, you know, say you're feeling down and, or, or you're, you're feeling anxious and it's like, people say, well, get up and take a walk. And it's like, that's the last thing you want to do. Exactly. And so even though the thing that would make you feel better is the thing you should do, it's the thing you don't want to do. And I don't know, I would counter that. And those are the things that help ward off depression and anxiety. They're not going to be your cure. So maintaining consistent physical exercise, maintaining connection, maintaining a good diet, those are all going to help you not right. my point, deeply, but my but point no, but was people yeah. say it like just go for a walk, yeah. but it, you're exactly right. That's the last thing you, but can. then also if somebody said to one of us, when we were feeling lonely, why don't you just call someone? It's like, you're, you, oh it's almost like a visceral reaction. Like what? Like, I can't call someone. And what, and, and when you're feeling lonely, unlovable, and unworthy, you are not an interesting person to talk to, right? (laughs) You kind of, I, I, I tend to go blank. You're not used to conversing with people when you're, you know, kind of hiding out from people. And so even just like the prospect of bringing up small talk or trying to make a deeper connection increases that anxiety and makes you want to hide away more. Um, but we need connections as, um, as the surgeon general says, you know, to ward off all, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, let's back it up a minute here. What is a friend? How would you define a friend or what does a friend mean? You know, when you hear the word friend or when you think of a friend, so I'm just going to go with the first thing that popped up in my head. When I think of a really like, like a friend, right? A friend, they know where all the bodies are buried. (laughs) They helped bury him. (laughs) They helped bury him. You called them up at 2 a.m. They brought the truck. Like this is, they know where all the bodies are buried. They know everything about you. They know the bad. They know the good. They're with you all the way 100%. There is an absolute give and take. There is a an appreciation of each other. Appreciation. Yeah. I like that. there is an interest. Like I think of a friend, someone who's interesting and interested, right? Right. So, so, but absolutely so the they, first that, thing who is, is it? Alan Watts says, in order to be interesting, be interested. So be interested in others. If you don't know what to say, ask nice. questions. Yeah. And then also be interested and be curious in things because then that's what you talk about and people will see what lights you up. 
Yeah. So what would you say though is a friend? First, I want to say, as you were talking, you know, to me, it sounds like for you, it's a lot about trust and lack of judgment both ways, right? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. in order for someone to know where your bodies are buried, you have to have a really deep bond and trust in in them uh, that there is safe space for you, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, a friend, a friend to me, um, first of all, they tend to be, I tend to go after people I admire, um, people that I, uh, hold in, in high esteem, um, and that I care. I mean, I care about everybody, but that I care for, um, but that for me, those deeper, deeper connections are more about intimacy. And again, like that trust. So how much do I share? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it just a friendship about, you know, sharing memes and, and having an interest in pop culture together? Is it just well, like a right? title card friend? So there's someone... different friends. Exactly. I mean, there's so levels of friendship. There like... are levels of friendship. And, and I guess when I'm thinking like, I want someone who, who understands and is, we sh- have shared interests, right? And mm-hmm. we can go deep on those shared interests. But like you said, Maybe you share pop culture. Maybe you share memes. Maybe you yeah. do this. I, yeah. Because there. so I even even before I entered adulthood, I've never really liked the term best friend because I don't rank my friendships. Mm-hmm. Right. They're just people I might be a little bit more connected and closer to because you, you can't I, I can't do that with everybody. There's not enough time in a day. Right. Like you'd have compassion fatigue. Um, and typically I, I'm not somebody I'm very introverted. So once I share something once, I probably nobody else will know that that is going on in my life. <laughs> right. And so, But I don't want to rank my friends like I think of the MySpace top eight. You know, we're back in the day. You they literally had people rank their friends with photos. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Right? Right? Like imagine doing that today on Instagram or Facebook or something like it's just, it's so mean. And like, to me, like, you know, I apply labels to thing on the podcast to make it easier for people to understand. But my closest friend, we actually call her my chief life operating officer. She's my clue. (laughs) (laughs) We have a whole plan that when I, once I become very, very wealthy, Oh yeah. A company together. And essentially that company is us doing our own thing together in an office it's more like a living room we're gonna have a room full of pie a room full of waterloo and sparkling beverages we're gonna have people we're gonna have assistants you know technically she's my chief assistant but she's gonna have all the help that she wants right but we just like like that's our dream when people are like you know like what do you what what do you what's your dream job what do you want to do for labor or like i just think of the oscar wilde quote like and darlene i don't dream of labor like i dream of just hanging around with my clue and having her do the things I don't like to do for me because she's super organized and planning full and mindful and then I'll do stuff for her that she doesn't want to do when I first told when my boss first heard that I have a clue because I'm essentially his he's like there's someone more organized than you I was like oh yeah we get along great no so so here's here's me Tracy in my head right now wait she's so organized I'm like wait Tracy you're organized (laughs) But then, 
you know, so, but then I also have, and I hate, like I said, like there are levels of friendships and types of friends, but then I have my friend that I do my outdoorsy stuff with, but we have really deep discussions when we do it and we were thought partners and we share ideas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have just become like this great person I can be vulnerable with and share all these different things I'm going through, but also we'll talk a lot about the spiritual stuff and the personal development stuff. And we have a lot of similar interests and, um, we both uh, accrue hobbies at an ungodly rate. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So we can both support each other in either working on them or that it's okay that we're not working on them. You know, and then, but then I also have like these, my, my middle school best friend who, we both follow each other on social media platforms, but we don't engage. Um, I, I, I don't even think I, I have her husband's name written down, but it still astounds me. She's married with two kids. Like I still think of eighth grade her, right. but like <laughs> we both went through stuff about six or seven years ago. And we had like this period where we just dropped into each other's lives. Like nothing had changed. And mm-hmm. then it, we didn't have like a breakup kind of like you were talking about or like an end of a friendship, just kind of like we went back to kind of like our day-to-day lives. Cause she lives at a state, but I also know if something were to happen and I reached out, she'd be super cool about it or like we still have a couple of things and like uh, shared interests that when we see something in the news about it coming back up she's the first to contact me about it because she knows nobody will get excited about it like I will so we can fangirl over stuff together um and and I love that there are a couple people in my life where yeah I can just start talking to them and it's like no time has elapsed and we neither of us know anything about each other's lives and and we don't care Right. Like there's something about that though. That's kind of interesting because there's a little bit of a freedom about that. Not knowing anything about each other's lives, right. In a relationship in a way, anyways, not sure where I was going to go with that. It's so easy to get distracted talking about the day to day, but like, I feel like for that eighth grade middle school, best friend, I know who she is at her core right? Like we're still our eighth grade selves at heart. Our character, um, while we've matured and we might be better at living it or expressing it, um, I know who she is as a person and I can trust that implicitly, right? And they're, they're, uh, they're, when you meet that person as an adult, you know, and you have that level, like that's a soulmate to me, you know, as kids, it makes sense because you grow up together and you trust each other and kids usually don't hold a lot of biases and judgments against each other. So that's why you see, even as people grow into very different adults, they still have like these eclectic, amazing, deep friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like when you see that, uh, like I said, like run into that as an adult, like you have to hold on to that. Like you have to treasure that because it's so rare just to, to match with someone like that. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still friends with my, who my best friend was in eighth grade. Um, I I met them when I moved to St. Louis park and um, yeah, best friends. And then, you know, kind of drifted apart a little bit got back together, drifted apart, got back together. Nothing horrendous ever happened. It was just, you know, like marriage and babies and work. Oh my, that kind of thing. Um, but she is at, and actually I have other friends from that who became friends in eighth grade and we, uh, are now friends. We meet on zoom. We were meeting in real life. We'd meet at restaurants like 
once every couple months. And, and we do meet on zoom and it's really fun and it's a really good connection. It, it sort of centers me many times, but it's not the one on, you know, it's not a one-on-one deep connection. Um, Yeah. You know, what's there, there's a quote from great, great Gatsby and it might just be from the movie and not the book. I forget where there are parallels and overlaps and whatnot, but um, it's even, I remember it because it's on the soundtrack, Um, but it's along the lines of, I love large parties. There's so much more intimate than small gatherings because at a small gathering, you're stuck in those, you know, dyads or triads or, you know, just like one-on-one situations. Mm -hmm. But when you're at like a big gathering in a bigger group, you can have all these little moments of intimate, one-on-one so connection. Interesting. Yeah. But it's still kind of part of a larger group and you can bring others into it. And I love that my, my grandmother, um, she has, she's a part of a group called, they call themselves the sister chicks. <laughs> and the, the largest portion of the group are actual sisters. And then it's like friends of those individual sisters and friends of friends. And they've just grown and they're all really close now. And they go on vacations together and they make shirts and they do crafting weekends and they go to the cabin and like my grand, like I remember my grandma making jello shots for the girls weekend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, that actually has a community, like it's so wonderful. That makes me really sad <laughs> <laughs> as I laugh uproariously. No, I think that I am envious of that when I Same. hear other people have that. And like go away on like girls weekends and things like that. I'm like, yeah, that. I will be... say they're not without drama. I always hear a good story or two. Okay. But I also know that there was this period of time. I, everybody in my family ended up on vacation in the same weekend without telling each other. So while I was away in Oregon, somehow my mom, her sister and their stepmom which is my grandma, all ended up in the same city in Florida together. And they discovered it because uh, I don't remember who was where, but my parents were on a dock and spotted the sister chicks on like a beer boat, you know, so similar to like those little like carts, the uh, pedal pub or whatever. It was like a pontoon for that. Having a raucous good time in their pink shirts. And like everybody's sending me pictures of them, you know, getting together in Florida. And I'm just like, I'm not even in Minnesota. Like, who am I going to bump to where I am <laughs> in Oregon? But like, they never would have noticed her there or like each other had they not been a part of that larger group. Yeah. Yeah. They theme everything and they have so much fun doing it. Um, yeah. That was my first thought too. When I first heard about it, it was like, I don't have a big group of friends, mm-hmm. but when I bought my house, I was encouraged. I was talking about how, you know, I'm too old for a housewarming party to one of our colleagues and friends. And she was just flabbergasted by that. And I was like, no, like, 
I've never been married. So there are definite things that I need, right? Because usually at a wedding is when you get the nice set of pots and pans and the crate and barrel gift cards and all those sorts of stuff. And I was like, I'm still slumming it with, you know, the stuff I could afford in my twenties. <laughs> and, and I was like, so I do have stuff I need, but it feels like a weird ask in your thirties. Right. And so she really encouraged me. And then even every time I gave her my list of friends or family, she kept encouraging me to expand it and expand it. <laughs> but I tried to be really thoughtful of the group of women that I got together. And I'm so glad I did because people, when we're in our one-on-one, we'll still talk about the nook that there was this little, honestly, it was like magic. It was the magic nook. And I forget. And she has such a a creative name for it. So I apologize. I don't even know if she knows about this podcast, but um, she has this cozy little nook. It used to be like a sun porch in her house. And she filled it with these big chairs and uh, this big couch and somehow like three quarters of the party ended up in that room, just talking about hypothetical questions, but they're all around spirituality and self. We had really cool deep conversations and the people who didn't get a chance to be in the nook what I hear is oh man I wish I could have been in the nook like we need to hang out (laughs) with those women again we were in the room where it happened Tracy (laughs) not to say that we weren't having a good time in the other room but like I all I pulled together these different people of different facets who you probably looking at them why they're as colleagues or just women in my life and and some of them, I mean some people were well into their 60s and retirees and some people uh mid-20s and just out of college and everybody's still connected and had like this magical great time and I just enjoyed bringing them together like even if it was just for like just that moment, even if no long lasting connections. But I also know like if I wanted to have a bonfire, I could create my own sister chicks. Like I bet those people would come. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about that. Like, how do you just like say, wait a minute, I'm feeling lonely when what, but with a little bit of bravery, (laughs) what do you do? Like, I mean, last fall, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> last, so last fall, um, now I'm trying to think if it was before we started doing or it doesn't matter, but I was like, oh, I am feeling lonely. And I had reconnected with an old friend from Rhode Island, you know, on, on social media. And then in February of last year, she actually came to Minnesota because her daughter lived, um, close, like right over the border in Wisconsin. And she said, I'm going to be in Minnesota. Do you want to meet for lunch? It was like, absolutely. Well, we met in for lunch and it was like, of course, here you are. Oh, there you are. Right. It was immediate. Mm -hmm. There you are. So then we really stayed in contact, but it was, it still wasn't like every day or anything like that. And then finally, I just was like, this is ridiculous. And I texted her and said, Hey, what if we did like a FaceTime call and, and connected that way. And it did take a little bit of bravery because she could have maybe said, no, I don't have time or I'm busy Mm -hmm. or maybe she wouldn't have been interested, but she was, but if I hadn't reached out, I would have just been telling myself stories about, you know, not having connections. And so there you go. And now we have done this multiple times, super connected, feeling super connected now with, with her again. 
And that connection breeds more connection, right? That right. the more you reach out to her or she reaches out to you, that just opens the doors or you climb the steps to just more and more opportunities and a more open heart. Well, and or- not only opportunities, but I think you start to feel braver about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, no one's going to die if someone says no, you're okay. Like, you just have to get to that point. But Honestly, even like with my sister and obviously she's, she's family. Like, what are you going to say? No, I don't want to talk to you. I guess she could family. Could still hurt family's feelings. Yeah. But we decided that it would, it would mean more for us to have, um, the, uh, you know, the face chat. Now we, she has a different phone than I do. So we do Google duo, but we do that every week. Well, we try to do it every week and it's so connecting for us to be able to see each other and then like to show each other things. And there's just something about that, that is more yeah. connecting when you see someone's face. I have so many thoughts about that. So first yeah. of all, I want to say, you know, thank you for sharing. Cause it is, it's about being brave. Like, you know, to, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And sometimes that means being the first to reach out, being the first to say, if it's someone you don't know, hello. If it's someone you do know, it's saying, Hey, I want to connect more. Are you open to that? Do you have availability for that? But you had mentioned, you know, that when you were feeling lonely and you weren't sure about what to do, you started telling yourself stories. And so not that I currently do this, but maybe I'll start, but let's start authoring our own stories. Like whatever that gremlin in your head is. Um, I named mine Chad one day, right? No, Bradford, Brad, Brad. you and Um, I I keep getting that mixed up, Brad, Chad. Um, so you can either tell it to be quiet, but that just tells it to be quiet. I say reauthor it as, oh my God, what if this person wants to be friends with me and they're too scared to reach out? What if I could bring so much value to their life? I forget. I forget the words that you shared, but I still hold in my heart the feeling it created. But I was telling you about a gentleman that I find very crushable. You know, I'm an adult, so it is. It's just, it's it's an acquaintance, somebody I ran into. It astounds me. He's single. Um, and you were like, well, why don't you do something about that? And I was like, oh, no, it, I'm not good enough for him. And you were along the lines of like, what if you're exactly what he needs? Like, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. But like, of course, you're not going to be good enough for somebody if you don't think you're good enough. It has absolutely right. nothing to do with, you know, you don't know what they need, right? You don't know. You could be exactly what someone is missing or what they want in their life. And that platonic or romantic, right? You have to be able to show up as yourself. Because I think one thing that comes with that loneliness and that shame is when you do go out to talk to people or you are in situations where you have an opportunity to socialize, I, I tend to mirror or overly affirm other people or make it about them and oh, talk about myself. Yes. And how, how can you become, how can you create those deeper connections when you do that? Right. You might, you might make an acquaintance, but who are you in that relationship then? This is, I feel like this is, uh, expands out, right? More than just, even more than just friendship. Like if you aren't willing to be brave and show up as the person you are in any situation, now granted, some situations you have to have a little bit of give and take, right? But I feel like I used to, and I feel like 
I think my husband even used to call me a chameleon before because he saw what I would do in different relationships that I would just become, maybe I'd be quieter or say I liked certain things or whatever, but I was not showing up as myself. And so then even if you're mirroring the other person or being a chameleon, are they actually your friend or are they just their own friend? Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) and even like going back to like those different, you know, you don't always have like that one best friend that fills every need, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as great as that sounds, it's, it's really unrealistic to have again, unless it's that childhood person. And so when I talk about like that friend, I do the the nature stuff with and deep talks and this and that I am still a hundred percent me in those situations. Yes. the situation we're in, that's the theme of the friendship, right? Right. And right. I also feel like, you know, because I, we're multifaceted. Exactly. But I'm not hiding who I am and I'll still mm-hmm. bring up other topics. And if they don't land, they don't land and vice versa, you know? Um, and I also feel like, you know, even if, uh, you know, for some of my friends, like they're not typically the people I reach out to when I need help. I, I know I could, Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's just other people that I have, like you were talking about that deeper history that I already know where the bodies are buried and how to handle me. Yeah. Um, they're, I'm going to go to them first. Yeah. Um, because it, yeah. So having that one friend, or even if you have a ton of friends, sometimes you don't have those deep connections, but just making sure that you are yourself, um, when making friends. But for me, um, I, what I like to do when I, when I start to get to know people, one of my strengths, um, is really is input. If we're going for the, you know, the actual top strengths. And we'll be talking about that next week. Right. (laughs) So yeah. So I gather really easily and collect, you know, without even thinking about it information. And that's not just like a human Wikipedia thing, or just like an interest in, in things and ideas. But when I see somebody and they mention something or that they want something or they talk about their interests, there's just this imprint in my head. Like you said, like chip tarot cards, chip astrology, chip Sims, chip, you know, like there's just like, I have like this check, 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 check. So I'm just going to call it what it is. You can connect. Yes. And we're talking about connections and you have these things, these interests, and then you see someone you're like, oh, I can connect this idea with this person who would appreciate it. So not when I'm feeling lonely, because usually when I'm feeling lonely, I've waited too long, but yeah. I try and be intentional in my actions, my behaviors and my relationships. And so, you know, are you watering them? And so sometimes when I see something and it makes me think of that person, when I'm really lonely, my mind will tell me that story of don't bother them. You reach out to them too much. They don't do this for you. But when I'm in a good place, it is, oh my God, they'll love this so much. <laughs> And if I don't hear back, I don't care. I just wanted to send them the thing. And it's like a little, hey, thinking of you and, and making you think of me. Ha ha. <laughs> just like, you have to be brave. And so the same thing goes for just like, if you want to talk to someone or if you're thinking about someone or something like that, text hello. You know, I feel like I bother my neighbors all the time. And here they feel like they can't, you know, like I'm always being thoughtful for them so that when I actually do literally ask for help, like, hey, can you help me carry something? There's excited to be able to do something in return. Oh gosh. We tell ourselves so many stories, so many stories. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I, again, it goes back to that bravery and it goes back to being intentional and it's, 
you know, we talk about it a lot on the different shows. Like, don't be a doormat, you know, but also <laughs> give without the expectation of receiving. So open your Ooh, heart, open yeah. yourself. Yeah. And you'll tend to, maybe you won't get, it won't be fulfilled in the way you were thinking. But like when you're at an event, when you're at a coffee shop, say hi to people that seem interesting or say, oh my gosh, is that book any good? Or I read that. I love that author. I saw that lecture, you know, find ways to start a conversation. <laughs> and typically it's questions, yeah. right? It's asking them questions. Um, but yeah, yeah it's questions. And I can remember one time I was in line at the airport with my sister and I just started talking to people. She's like, wow, you talk to people. I'm like, well, don't you? She's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I think that you, so of course you have to be vulnerable, right? You have to be brave. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable. You have to set be excited. <laughs> yeah. You have to be excited. You have to be maybe curious, curious expectational. <laughs> what did you say? I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> take a breath. I'm like adjective. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> That just means you're interested. <laughs> I think it's funny that your sister says that because it's about boundaries, right? You're not going to sit down at the airport and talk to the person about your divorce, right? Like, oh, right. That's, that's not a good boundary to set. You know, like I'm the one thing I haven't quite figured out yet is there are a few people in my life that are in between acquaintance and friend, right? So it's the colleagues, the neighbors, the classmates, the people I have multiple touch points and connections with, and I can tell we have similar values. We have similar yeah. characters that we have that admiration, care, respect, and interest in each other, but we haven't found that thing to sustain a conversation beyond, Hey, how's your day? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like well, our- and of course, <laughs> I mean, when you think about it though, it is a tough time to develop a relationship, That's to start it. a new yeah. friendship, because it's not like you can go, Hey, let's meet for coffee. Cause you're just not going to do that yet. Yeah. Um, but, and I feel like that whole thing, like sustaining a conversation that builds on itself as well. But typically if you've got that third thing, right? <laughs> so if you were at a coffee shop or you went to go see a movie or something like that, you'd have that third thing yeah. that would be around you or you'd be a part of that you could talk about as well. It's hard. It's hard being it's hard. a grown up and trying to make friends. A kid. My, I, I have, you know, little nieces and nephews that talk about this, even, even pre quarantine and doing school at home that they feel like they don't have friends or sometimes, you know, they're still learning their emotions and their words. Mm-hmm. And so they have to navigate you Tracy. Know? I'm still learning my emotions and right? my words. That's what I told her. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but and it's these, I, I feel like those stories we tell ourselves are rooted in how the experiences we have as kids. And so oh, I also they children are. in your life to talk about this with them. Yeah. Um, how to be a friend, how to make friends, but that ultimately, and I didn't really feel this till I turned 30. I, you know, I had that magical switch women talk about that after 30, I just didn't care what other people thought of me, but what, <laughs> what the, the really poignant way to like to put it into words, you know, it was, it wasn't so much about judgment, but I swapped from, do they like me? Do they like me? Do they like me in my head? I want them to like me. I want them to like me, you know, before interactions, before dates at work to do I like them? <laughs> you know, like I, 
I have a lot less time in life. I got so a lot less great. for BS. I'm going to be a lot more discerning. Do I want you in my life? Like, what are you, what, what value are you going to bring? And that doesn't mean that you have to do things for me, but like, how, how are you going to make me feel emotionally? You know, am I going to be uplifted just being around you without either of us, you know, trying to achieve that? Ooh, that's a really good point too. Cause you can have friendships and feel a very deep, like you can feel like this is my friend and yet spending time with them can just drain you. Right. Yeah. Well, and so then that, that's the flip side of all of this is sometimes friendships end, you know, and you alluded to your recent experience. I had one happen just before the pandemic. Um, you know, so they talk about reason, season or lifetime for friends. Um, and this was a person who, for me, hates that saying. And, you know, we would talk about how we're ride or die. And although they're, you know, sometimes, sometimes you do have to have like an actual breakup with person. So like we were just talking about, like, they're becoming draining. You're not a good match anymore. Different places. Sometimes you do have to instill boundaries and change the relationship. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they just kind of fall off as we saw a lot of at the pandemic that if you're suddenly not face-to-face at work, you're not talking to each other. I experience it every time I leave a job. People who I would have called a close friend while I was there and we did stuff during and after work together, haven't heard from them since my last month. Um, And it hurts, but it also just, you lose that third thing, right? Um, But also... um, sometimes it's through thoughtlessness. Right. And, and so in my instance, I, I don't really know what happened. You know, it feels like it was a combination of the three that we had, we're just kind of running our course, but then a bigger issue was, um, people not really sharing, you know, feelings about certain things or being open, maybe expecting mind reason or mind reading, but then also we lost a lot of our third things together in a short Mm. time span. And so I, I had to grieve that relationship and, you know, it happened just before the pandemic. So then like you were talking about, there's all these layers of things we're experiencing in the past year. And sometimes it will kind of hit me like, what did I do wrong? And I feel, you know, sometimes I'll feel like reaching out, but then I'll also be like, I'm not missing it. Like I love that person and I wish them well. And I'd be excited if we bumped into the street, but I'd be forcing it, you know, if I were to reach out and try and recreate what we had before, like that, what, like ah, for me, it's that season it. period that we, yeah. we, we were intended to be in each other's life. And we were so helpful in that period of time. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have another season later on, but I feel like if, it, whether there's a pandemic or not, I'd be forcing it. Right. Like, and how authentic mm-hmm. is that? Like, do you want to be that friend that, always reaches out and schedules events and then cancels the actual day of, right? Like you're excited in the moment talking about it. And then the day comes and you're like, Oh, I don't have the energy for that. Like how many people do that? And, and I was like, I don't want to be in that sort of cycle in it, but I also like, I miss what we had. I miss, you know, see that's it because it feels very um, much aligned with how I was feeling with the relationship that ended for me is I didn't know what happened either. Like I could kind of like, was it this maybe? Was it that maybe? Like, and I did try reaching out a couple times. Um, but now just through this talk, right this second, I realized, oh, I'm grieving the, the actual 
sort of the feeling around the relationship of what it was, Mm -hmm. not the actual relationship. I'm grieving the fact that it was a person that I talked to every single day and, you know, we were involved in each other's lives and everything like that. I'm grieving the situation and not necessarily the actual person. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. But again, like, I'm so thankful for the friendships I currently have, but the ones I've also had, you know, whether they ended badly or goodly or just kind of tapered off. Yeah. You know, you are the people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even though that person and I, you know, were just the season of my life, she is a big part of why I am who I am today and why I'm into some of the hobbies I'm into. Yes. and she helped get me through tough times. And, and I hope I did the same for her. And so I'm just, yeah. I'm thankful for that. And so I'm always open for that to happen again. But, you know, as we grow as people and the same thing happens in relationships, or like romantic relationships, sometimes you grow apart because, you know, we've healed each other, right? Like we've healed each other or um, yeah. helped each other. And now, you know, instead of growing parallelly, you start to branch branch off and maybe you'll come back like maybe it'll be more like a braid but yeah um yeah so yeah allow yourself to grieve but then also have accountability for who you were as a friend and maybe you can't repair the relationships you had in the past but you can be more mindful and intentional of the friend you will be in the future right yeah I, I think that's so important um, and I think that that's something easily forgotten that we, we concentrate more on the other person. I need a friend. I need a friend. I need a friend. Not, am I a friend? Right. Am I reaching out to people? Am I thinking of other people and doing things for other people? Am, yeah. And that's am I I'm- inviting people to things like, <laughs> Like you said, the worst they can do is say no. So whether it's somebody that's currently in your life, used to be in your life or a brand new person, they can say no. And it's okay for people not to like you go find the ones that do. It's okay for people to not have time for you. Go find the one that you're meant to match up with. Right. Um, don't try and force or, or overly dwell on where you feel there's a lack. Really good point. I just want you to know, I had a little bit of a visceral reaction when you said you, not everyone's going to like you. You have to be okay with not everyone liking you. I'm like, well, but I must, everyone has to like me, but I think I'm finally getting over that. I did not turn 30 and then not care what anyone else thinks. I missed that one. I was absent that day in class. So I'm, I'm like, double the age and finally getting to that point. Right. But I think I still want to be likable. You know, I want that feeling of that's different and value and connection but to be likable is different than needing everyone to like you, even like annoying people. And right. You know, you know, what was the kicker for me? Like when, when that switch happened was I don't like everyone and I don't want to have to. <laughs> there are people in my office that I don't want to spend my time with and I don't hate them. I don't wish bad things on them. I don't want to be around them. And I just thought it was like, wow, I'm probably that person for people here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a friend I was venting and complaining to a little bit too much just a few years before this birthday. Um, and she's like, wow, I wonder what they think about you. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, okay, one, thank you. I'll shut up. But also like, yeah, what do they think about me? You know, and then I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> like, we're just not a good match. And, and that's okay. So that's what that statement means. It doesn't mean that they hate you. It doesn't mean to have one of those, like, you take it or leave it attitudes. Like, right. I have a friend whose friend through a wedding we had to spend a lot of time with we were not a good match, but she literally has a tattoo on her bum that says, kiss my ass. And that, (laughs) that is her as a person. And I am the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And so I was like, you have this physical representation on your body of why we are not a good match. And I have to spend many, many hours with you. (laughs) So, you know, that works for her. It works for her. She's got relationship, friendships, all sorts of that. You know, uh, I, I love that for her. But like you don't, it, it's not having an attitude of like, I don't need you in my life if you don't need me. That's not what it's about. But it's not basing your worth on whether or not someone likes you. It's again, not yes. not mimicking or mirroring somebody else, you know, uh-huh. being able to be your full self and and putting those, you know, little bids for attention out there mm-hmm. and being okay with the ones that, you know, quote unquote, reject you or, or don't take you up on it. And yeah. those times that do her just think about all those times that you don't accept bids <laughs> from other people's attention. Again. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. When my sister and I commiserate about how we're single and, you know, this and that, and, um, I'm just like, um, and she'll, she'll, you know, you'll have moments of judgment in your life of other people. We all do. And, and one of, you know, she'll say something like, well, like, how does so-and-so have a, have a husband? And I don't, you know, like some sort of personality or, you know, um, or just looking at people in the stores and I'm like, I bet you, you could have their husband or someone similar right now, if you wanted it, do you want what they want in a partner? And she's like, well, no, <laughs> no. Right. And so like, that's the problem we're looking for our match and other people, right? Yeah. Like if, if all you want is someone to spend time with, y- you can find any number of people who are also lonely. Mm-hmm. Are you going to feel connected? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess the ask for this episode is just, you know, try and create opportunities to learn about others on a deeper personal level and then seek out a sustained connection with those where it's a good match for you that light you yeah. up inside that, that, that brighten your day. <laughs> well, and I just, I don't know. I think back to just the fact, and I, I'm pretty sure it was you who reached out and said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to meet over zoom? Um, and I was just so thankful that you had, like, why didn't I reach out there? And we, we don't need to get into that now, but, <laughs> but it did make me think, why didn't I reach out? Because it was, because it was more than, of course I was like, absolutely. So, and then I think about, um, uh, a woman I work with a different woman I work with. (laughs) We we work with many women. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's on my team, who we have become very close in a working relationship, very close, but we also are starting to know where the other person's bodies are buried. We're starting to know that. And I had an opportunity from one of my junior high school friends who is an actor. She had, um, 
she was in this play and it was going to be a preview night. And there were only like, it was in a great big room and there would be like seven people previewing the, the, the show. And I asked this woman if she wanted to go. And her response was like, oh my gosh, yes. And we were very careful and everything. And, and we went to this preview together and we had a blast. Yeah. And it's like, you just, just ask. Yeah. And I've had, I've had people do that to me and that's why I do it to other people. And I just remember, I think what the kicker for me was, and again, this was just around a a lot of interpersonal relationship stuff came up around my 30th birthday that probably helped, but I started a job as a temp and I started on 4th of July week. So like 80% of the company was not in the office my first four days. Right. And so, and, and the people that were there were really busy because so many people were out. (laughs) And so then, you know, I'm already kind of feeling lonely and it's already kind of awkward and I'm a temp, you know, so sometimes when you temp, I I was going to, for a longer duration, it was somebody, um, had had a baby. So I wasn't just, you know, weekly, but also I I wasn't establishing roots that we knew of. I ended up working there three years. So (laughs) you never know. But so the couple of people I met, they were nice and they were friendly, but nothing really sustained. You know, we didn't have any immediate connection or touch points and, their boss was my sister. It's why I was temping there. So that also oh. created an interesting dynamic. Yeah. But I'll never forget the Monday after the 4th of July, everybody's in the office again. Everybody knows a new girl starts, but they've now been gone for a couple of days, right? They had a long weekend. They're busy. Um, you know, maybe an email, people are like, oh, hi, welcome. But if I don't work with them, nobody. So I was in the copy room and this gentleman came up and he goes, hi, you must be Tracy. I'm Michael. And he shook my hand and he just very warmly talked to me for a couple of minutes. And he seemed so invested and interested in me, um, that now that's what I do whenever somebody starts at a new office. And when I started my most recent job, somebody else started three days after me and I went and did it to her. She thought I'd been there for five years. Right. And I was just like, you know, I was like, I'm new too. Let's do lunch. And every office I'm in, whenever I start, anybody who shares shows some sort of interest or warmth when greeting me or meeting me or somebody I think will work with or just seems interesting or I see something on their desk, I'll be like, hey, do you want to go to lunch? And if it never moves past that time, fine, great. But there's so many people. I think when I left, I connected like five or six people who usually probably wouldn't have gone to lunch at the time. And we all went to lunch together. And and I don't know if they kept up like that together, but I know they still chat in a way that they didn't before. So again, like I'm, I'm not as connected as I thought, but I love knowing that when I do go back to visit, I don't have to do one-on-ones that I know everybody gets along well and I can connect with all these lovely people that I miss. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reach out. You gotta be the one. You gotta (sighs) do it. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta do it. I asked, I asked the universe an inadvertent question. So typically, (laughs) typically when I shuffle my tarot cards for the show, I ask what, what do we need to know for the show? What do do our listeners need to know for the show? So I do ask a couple questions and maybe get a couple cards, but it's usually around the show or you and I specifically. And because I wasn't quite done with the show notes yet, or like I had kind of, I forgot to type up like something I meant to define. I was just thinking while shuffling, what is friendship? And two cards came out as they do. Um, And they're actually the king and queen of cups. Oh Um, my goodness. Not only same suit, but they're the, the masculine and feminine of each other. 
And so um, what this kind of means, and this comes from the Bidi Tarot, so cups are all about water and flowing emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And so for these two together, starting with the king, it's about intuition and understanding of human interactions, compassion, creating strong bonds based on patience and understanding, and having a balance of head and heart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that wasn't enough. The feminine aspect of that is supporting others by listening with your heart, being compassionate and caring deeply. And if that isn't a friend, wow. right? Like this would be called a power couple if this was like a relationship <laughs> reading. Yeah. Um, but to me, this is just like the ultimate, like how to be a friend duo card is, is the king and queen of cups. Yeah. And so after after that, I was like, oh, wait, you didn't ask the right question. Let's, I what? I gotta be honest. Sometimes I have a card in mind that I want. And sometimes <laughs> I'll ask, I'll ask the same question a couple of times or I'll ask questions in a couple of different ways and be like, come on universe, just give me the lovers, right? <laughs> this show, I was like, uh, because the last few shows, a few of them have been so perfect and unintentionally no, no card in mind, like getting the sun for the glimmer episode. Like that's just glimmer. Yeah. Um, and so just beforehand, which you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do, but in my heart is like, oh my God, the two of cups is all about friendship. Wouldn't it be amazing? Okay. That's what it was in my head when you were yeah. like, oh, I was thinking about a card. I'm like two of cups. So, so then I was like, okay, no, no, no universe. You're supposed to give me the two of cups. So I'll, I'll ask the right question. <laughs> so I asked what, do, oh, what do we need to know for the show? And I got two cards again. Um, but I got the ace of cups and the 10 of cups. Oh, wow. Um, so at least numerically, the start of the deck and kind of the end of the deck, the 10 is about completions. Um, you have the page, the night, the um, queen and king after that. But you know, we got the 10 of cups we, last week, too. Ooh, we did. Or no, yes. not in glimmers in. Um, no, uh, not in glimmers. Cre in was it wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Yes. Yeah. For Beltane. But so these two um, is about, um, overall, a divine love and compassion are flowing through you, a new relationship, be it a friendship, new family connection or blossoming romance. But what I loved about the ACE of cups is give yourself permission to open yourself to giving and receiving unconditional love. Oh, you have the power to share inner radiance and positive energy, bringing others around you. Great happiness. The more you give, the more you will see you receive. And then the <sighs> 10 card is about sharing love with others, expanding your heart, surrounded by loved ones and a deep connection. So if, if you're willing to be that beginner of the ace of cups, open your heart, be brave. That's how you get to this 10 of cups. Well, and it's just so amazing connection. that all four cards were the cup suit. That's just, it's just, it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. And, and for everybody who's like, oh, you don't, you know, a lot of people sometimes online are like, if you don't shuffle on camera, it's not real. I, I had to look up what these cards meant. I wanted, I wanted a different card. <laughs> the two of cups and I'm still bummed I didn't get it as perfect as these are it's my human well, universe moment yeah and, Balloon. and it's exactly and you know what's you know real. yeah thoughts and prayers <laughs> but yeah so Amy I just I want to end with I want to say thank you for being my friend hmm. uh, not only my co-host but my friend you have gotten me through a lot but I also I, I love your energy and your passion and I learned so much from you and I love the lens in which you see and experience the world and you have such an open heart 
um, and, and it just, it helps me open mine more and you're a much better reflection for me than myself. <laughs> um, and so anytime, whether I'm self-deprecating or being vulnerable, I feel like you're not, um, I feel like the validation you give me is very authentic and true and honest and helps me see myself in a way I, I wouldn't allow myself to otherwise. So thank you. Thank you, Trace. And then I also just want to take some time to name some of the people I've been talking about. So Rosie, my clue, I couldn't get through my day without you. I absolutely love love that when I'm having those hard days and feeling like I'm a bother to everybody and unworthy, and I intentionally don't reach out to people and not in a way to see who cares, but like, I actually just feel like I'm bothering people that the very moment I have my thought, that thought, you have always texted me, Hey, how are you? What's up? (laughs) I was thinking about you. You just, you just know you either understand my routines a little too well or you are my life partner my soulmate but just you've helped me more than you know um there I I read a statistic recently lately I don't know how uh genuine or academic it is but it's after someone's been in your life for seven years you're just not going to get rid of them (laughs) and we've reached that mark and we've joked about it but we have like I'm sorry like you said you know where the bodies are buried um you buried bodies for me I didn't realize I needed gone like you just you've been there and I appreciate it Uh, Sue you are the most amazing thought partner and I'm so thankful that we stayed in touch after we both left our prior um, employers and that although this year has been difficult and we've both been struggling with our own issues with loneliness and where we fall in a world like today like I I love when I hear from you and I'm always grateful when we have the opportunities to reach Uh, out and connect with each other. Um, And although my sister who told me that the best part of her year was her sister starting a podcast, like (laughs) my other sister who, when she called and she's like, oh my God, I forgot you're recording today. Good luck with your podcast. (laughs) I just, I love that I have somebody to go to Ikea with and just people who see the world similarly to me and that I know I always have you. Um, And then finally, my friend Darcy, who has been so supportive of this podcast since the onset and is another thought partner I look forward to. Um, although we, we connected through um, a service you provide for me, um, I, I continue to go back to you because you were my friend. <laughs> and I, and I really appreciate uh, the extra time and care that you put in um, and that you you follow what I'm doing and that you talk to me about it. So and, and to anybody I have not mentioned, you you're in my heart, but we're at time. <laughs> so. I will make it a point to to send you a note soon. (laughs) As the instruments come up, right? Yeah. So Amy, what what are we what are we talking about next? Yeah. So I hinted at it a little bit earlier. We're going to talk about strengths and uh, certainly just what we view as our strengths, but also I specifically really want to talk about um, the idea of how it's so easy for us to ignore what comes naturally good to us. We just take those for granted Mm -hmm. and we concentrate on where we view ourselves as lacking. Um, And so we're just, we're going to talk about strengths and just because something comes easy doesn't mean it's not good or not valued Uh, and kind of tie it back with like golden shadow and zone of genius and hidden jewels. 
And it'll help you be brave in being a friend to know what your strengths are and what you bring to the table. There you go. Well, thank you, Amy. And thank you to everybody for listening. If this episode spoke to you or your soul, please share it with a friend, (laughs) make a friend with it. (laughs) If you have time, give us some love on your preferred platform with a rate review and uh, subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube under the Brightly Podcast, or you can reach out to us via email at brightlypodcast at gmail.com. And we hope you have a bright and beautiful and brave day. Bye, Bye, everyone.